Well, good evening and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. I want to welcome you to our Christmas Eve service and the next installment in our Simply Jesus series. Tonight, as we celebrate the advent of the Lord Jesus, we will meditate on what Emmanuel really means to us today. We will see that God's love is still offered to those living in darkness and in pride, and that the God of mercy would be gracious even to us in the humble reception of a baby in a manger who is Lord even from his birth. And thanks for joining with us. From our Grace family to yours, a very Merry Christmas. It seems like every day um, my son looks more like me. <laughs> it's a little scary if I'm honest. Um, I think he's growing a, a good quarter of an inch like by, by every week. Um, it, it's kind of a cool thing too, though, especially if you have little kids, um, that you're able to see little reflections of yourself in them, not only the physical characteristics, but also the traits and mannerisms you can kind of tell uh, who comes from who, uh, and you see it as it grows all the more towards their maturing. You know, there's, there's an interesting parallel to this that we see physically in our lives and in our families when it comes to the Christian life and when it comes to God's family. The more that we walk with Jesus, the more that we mature in our faith, the more we look like members of his family, that, that we belong to God and that we reflect the character, that we reflect the mannerisms that God himself displays to us. You know, there's an amazing exchange that happens at Christmas. God loved the world, and so he gave his son. And in giving his son, he didn't do so in a way that manifest God as this extraordinary um, de- deity, but he came humbly. He came as a baby. He came and just like you had to grow up and just like you had to live in this world. Uh, there's three major things that we are celebrating as Christians that come through the incarnation. Uh, the, the first is that, that simply that God was made in flesh. The second is that atonement could be made for the human creature because Jesus was fully human, just like you and I. And the third is the hope of resurrection because Jesus didn't stay in the grave. He rose on the third day. And so you also get the hope of resurrection. This exchange, it has some implications for us, though. You see, in God becoming man... He now offers to you the ability to look like God. I don't mean God in in his deity. I don't mean look like Jesus in his physical form. I mean you get the opportunity to change the nature of your values, your character, your behavior, your thoughts, your words, so that you look all the more like a child of God. That's the exchange that takes place. God was made to look like us. So that eventually, by his grace and mercy, you and I can look like him. And that's the way he's made us to live. Tonight, we're going to look at a passage um, that's not often a Christmas passage, but it really, really should be. It's in the Gospel of John, right at the very beginning 
the Gospel of John in chapter 1. If you brought Bibles, I'd invite you to take them out there. Otherwise, I encourage you to pull one off the pew there in front of you and turn there with me. We're going to read the first 13 verses. And then very briefly tonight, as we seek to give meditation in our worship to study God's Word and apply it to our life, what we'll find is that there are just a few observations we can make for what it means that Jesus came to be made like us at Christmas. God with us. His name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. All right. Gospel of John, chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. But the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives life to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So even in the short passage, I hope that you're able to to see at the outset the exchange and how it looks so that as Jesus comes to be made in the flesh like you and like me, the offer now gets extended to all those who receive him, the greatest present that there is, and believe and trust in his name so that you now can belong to the family of God. And by virtue of belonging to his family, my hope is you look more and more like him every day. You keep growing a quarter inch spiritually, every day, because you belong to the family of God. I want us to see a couple of primary observations that come from this passage uh, that John would have us to know and be reminded of this Christmas time. The first is this. At Christmas, we are reminded that Jesus came for all mankind. You'll see that if you look back in verse 4. It says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. That word men there stands for mankind. It was the light to everybody, not just the Jews, but to the whole world. God sent his son to be the light. You'll see the same theme repeated again if you look in verse 9. It says that true light was, that gives light to every man or mankind was coming into the world. Now you heard the verse reminded of it already tonight. For God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus is not just for people who think they fit well in church. 
or like to wear ties or sit and listen for an hour. <laughs> Jesus is for everybody. It doesn't matter the circumstance of your life. It doesn't matter what you've been through. There is no one on the face of the planet that's good enough to merit God's salvation or righteousness in themselves. And so it's a pretense for us to act like we have got it all together. We're a mess, folks. Get any amens tonight? Are we a mess? We're a mess. And so Jesus comes not just for those who think they can look righteous. He comes for everybody. He comes to the whole world. And that's by virtue of God's love. Second observation that we see from John's text is this, that Jesus comes in humility. In verse 3, you'll see this, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Now, I know that we've got some really crafty people here at Grace. I I know that many of you have some amazing talents. Um, Imagine that you were a kind of artist that could write or make a song. And then somebody came along and they just said, hey, I think you should change it up. You'd fix it, just do all these different things. Do they have the right to do that? Of course not. They're not the, they're not the maker. They're, they're, they're the spectator. Or if you made some uh, beautiful recipe that's been passed down and you have honed your skills, it wouldn't be right for somebody to come and change that. What did this text teach us about Jesus? How, how many things that have been made were made by Jesus? Oh, let's get it good, church. All together? How many things? They've all been made by Him. But what do we do? (laughs) We come in and we pretend like it's ours. Or that we can change it. Or that we can place some self-imposed authority over to that which God created. And God made. If If that was me, I'd be a little ticked off. Would you? But how does Jesus come? Does he come as one who says as the manager or director, now let me tell you how you guys have goofed up this whole world that I gave you. Does does he come with with an axe slinging, with with a sword swinging? No, how does Jesus come? He has the right to come as the manager, as the director, as the one who has to put us in shape, but that's not how he comes. When Jesus comes, he comes in humility. But he, he made everything. It's all his. But he doesn't lay claim to it on this advent. I want you to see another verse as this is repeated as John, or as Paul writes to the, to the church in Colossae. He says, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And, but he doesn't come and lay claim to it in that way. In fact, Paul tells us how he comes when he writes to the church in Philippi. He says these words, speaking of Jesus... Who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or held onto, or this version says used for his own advantage. Rather, what does Jesus do when he comes? He makes himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. Um, we've read some of the, the passages. In fact, we're going to look at uh, one in depth on Sunday of when the angels come and they announce Uh, both to Mary in person and then to Joseph in a dream. You guys know the stories, right? Or or even in the rest of the Bible. Let me ask you, what what emotion does the human creature feel when an angel shows up? 
We fear. That's right. What are the very first words an angel says? <laughs> Don't be afraid. Right? That's, that's the message to Mary. Right? Don't be afraid. Listen, if the angels show up with that kind of power and authority, but Jesus doesn't, you need to know that's because he's restraining himself. <laughs> you need to know that that's because Jesus is wanting to show as he comes on Christmas morning, he comes in humility. He comes not to, to come and to rule the nations with an iron scepter, though that is his ultimate coming. He comes as a lamb. He comes as a baby. He comes in humility. All right, one more observation from this passage. Jesus comes without any expectations. If you look with me in verse 11, he says, he came to that which was his own. Now, if it stopped right there, all of us should expect what would happen next. If you came to those who were your own, you would expect to be what? Welcomed and received. But Jesus didn't even come with expectation because he came to those who were his own. And what does the text say in verse 11? But his own did not receive him. Uh, the other day it was snowing pretty hard and I had a, had a hat on. I, I put a hood up. You guys remember the little pile of snow we got a week or so ago? And I was stomping my way up to the house, kind of knocking the snow off. And we got these two little dogs. Now, what do you think those two little dogs that I own thought of me coming to my own home? Did they welcome me? Did, did they say, hey, master? No, they... They made me feel bad, you guys. They barked at, barking at me like they were going to tear my head off, these little dogs. I came to those who were my own, and what did the dogs do? They didn't even receive me. It's a funny way of looking at it, but just think of what Jesus' response would have been as he came to those who should have welcomed him. He's coming home. He's coming to his own people. But they don't, they don't even receive him. And that's because Jesus comes without expectation. You know, it's a really important thing that God comes to us without expectation. Who here has got the righteousness or the ability to stand before God sinless? Not me. And so if God waited for that, you know what salvation would look like? You know what heaven would look like? There'd be a big echo, echo, echo in heaven. Because none of us would be there. Look at this passage that John records in his little epistle first john he said this is how god showed his love among us god he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him this is love not that we love god but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins that's what love is and Jesus comes here in this passage and he comes at Christmas time with no expectations. He comes for all mankind. He comes in humility and he comes simply because God sends him for you. I want you to hold on to that, that idea that God sends him for you. Because you have a problem. I have a problem. It's not unique to you. It's all of us in here. We all have a problem. And we see it reflected in this passage. You'll see that we are separated from God by three things. The first is darkness. Look with me back in the text in verse 4. It says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. Thank goodness, right? Thank goodness. But verse 5 teaches us that the light shines in darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. We are separated from God 
metaphorically with this concept of darkness. Now, if you still have your Bible, I, I hope you do. I actually want you to turn with me to another passage that's somewhat familiar. John 3.16. John 3.16. Because I want you to see a passage that comes right on the heels of the one that we've memorized so well. For God so loved, his wor- loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he's not believed in the name of God's one and only son. That's our problem, folks. Look at the next line because John gives it a summary statement here in verse 19. He says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world But men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. (laughs) I have up here on the screen all of the sins that I've committed in the last year. Are you ready? Are you kidding me? I ain't gonna put that on the screen. You... You you want your sins exposed, right? Well, what, what happens when you know your deeds are evil? Are you out in the light? Or are you trying to cover up the light and hide in darkness? And that's exactly what separates us from God. And not a single one of us in here is ignorant to our misgivings. I know you know. I know. You don't need a reminder of it. You need a reminder of God's grace that he comes in spite of the darkness. He sends the light to pierce through the darkness. That's why we celebrate Christmas. You have another thing that separates you from God, and it's pride. You'll see this in verse 11, right? He came to those who were his own, but his own did not receive him. Why not? Well, it's a longer story. I'll I'll make it very brief. It's because the Jewish people believed they could be righteous without God's help. Thank you very much. All they had to do was follow the law, and they followed it to a T, thinking that by their works, they were righteous. Do you know what that is? Do you know what word we have for that? Well, it's this word it's it's pride i want you to know that god can't help you if you're proud he wants to he would love to but pride in the human heart is something that god hates he resists it it's only to the humble that the ability to understand their need for a savior is given and as long as we hide in the darkness thinking that we don't need a savior because we're, we're okay. And believe me, the culture around us is working night and day to convince you that you're fine just the way you are. And there's no reason for you to repent and seek God. That's pride. And it will separate you from God's love. Number three, expectation. Jesus comes humbly. Jesus comes for everybody. Jesus comes without expectation. But we live in darkness because of our deeds. We live with haughtiness and pride because of our works. And then there's a lot of people, especially, especially today, who only want Jesus so long as it's their version of Jesus. I'll take Jesus as long as the service for worship for Jesus only lasts so long. Or I'll take Jesus only if Jesus allows a certain particular viewpoint on this issue or this issue or this issue. And there's no shortage of churches. There's no shortage of preachers who will be happy to scratch the itchings of your ear to offer you this false Jesus. Because we come with expectations. I'll accept Jesus if... Do you know how dangerous that is? Hey, let me remind you, it's all his. 
It's all his. The whole world was created through him, by him, and for him. So who are you? Who am I that I think I could judge God? These three, (laughs) thank goodness, these three need to come find themselves in the rubbish heap, in the fire bin at Christmas time. Because Jesus comes to you. He comes to you even though you're in darkness. He comes to you even though you're proud. He comes to you even when you have different expectations for him. That's what Christmas is about. So from this passage, we learn two main things. Number one, Jesus is God in the flesh. This is amazing. This is astounding. This is scandalous. Verse one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is God sent to you and to me. That's what John wants you to know. This, is, this isn't no lowly prophet. This isn't a priest or a king. This is God himself in the flesh. The second is that when we receive Jesus on his terms, and when we put our trust and our faith and believe in his name, he adopts you. He adopts me. He adopts us as part of his family. Let me show you once more in verse 12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to be children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of a human decision or a husband's will, but children who are born of God. And so I want to remind you or announce to you Christmas Eve, there's a family you belong to. There's a reunion to be part of. There's a community to be at home in as a brother and as a sister. And then to have the privilege by God's mercy and his spirit in you that you would begin to jettison some of those ruts, right? Some of those habits, some of those addictions, whatever that may be. And that we would be recreated now to live in Christ and to look a little bit more like Jesus every day that we grow. And so that's my challenge for us tonight because Jesus comes to you at Christmas. He comes to you. Are you going to receive him? You got a lot of presents under the tree. I know where you're hiding them. I know you got them. Santa Claus for some of the kids, right? (laughs) The presents are there. But are you going to receive Jesus? Because he comes to you at Christmas time. And if he does, this is my hope for you, that you let his life shine. He is the light. He is the light that is life, that's given as a light to all mankind. Let's come out of the darkness, church. Amen. Let's come out. Let's come and be drawn to the light. Let's pray.